podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk, Neil Atkinson, with you until half past seven. And opposite me, I've got Mike Gerling and Rob Gutman. They're joining me too. And coming up in part three, Gito Clewellen is going to talk to us about what Swansea are up to, mostly being rubbish. But we'll uh, we'll let him expand upon that later on, and we will look ahead to Swansea. But we're going to spend the first half an hour chatting about what we've learned so far, uh, what we've learned about the young lads. It's been a funny little run Liverpool have been on. Uh, they found themselves in a in a in a little bit of a in a little bit of a pickle in terms of getting results on the board, but simultaneously they've come through the other side relatively unscathed under the circumstances. And I'm going to do the opening question, which we rarely do on this show, but I'm actually going to do it to these two opposite me, and I'm going to ask them which of the players under the age of 21 who've played for Liverpool, appeared for Liverpool in the last ooh, three, four, five games, which of them's going to get 200 appearances for the club? Uh, I'm going to go for the obvious one then. Well, go on, you go first. Trent Alexander-Arnold. So you think Trent Alexander-Arnold is the one who will make 200 appearances for Liverpool? Uh, yeah, I think Trent Alexander-Arnold, I'm, I'm, and I'll, uh, I'll embellish on that if you like. I very much um, want you to. He's got more to him than just the position that he's been played in. You can see that. He has got an innate ability. Um, he's got, he, he went in at the deep end against Man United and it could have been disastrous. It, was, it, it looked like it, early on it looked like a, it was a bit of a gamble, but he grew, I like the way he grew into the game. Um, he was up against a very, very fast player in Martial, and he did okay. He did okay. He didn't pull up. You know, he wasn't. He wasn't. Rob Jones. We're talking here against Ryan Giggs, but he did okay. But I've seen him in other games, and he's got something about him. He's got a lovely um, touch. Um, he moves well, and he reads the game well, and he can cross the ball. I think he's gonna. He's gonna be a good big player for us, but I don't think it'll be a fullback. You think he'll end up playing somewhere else? I think he'll play. In, he'll, yes, he will. He'll play further up the pitch. Further yeah, up the he pitch. Always, yeah, you're right. He's usually played further up the pitch. I think he will. Have, it's hard to know if he'll eventually. Out of all of those lads, well, let me just be clear about this. There's only 106 footballers ever who've played 200 or more games yeah. for Liverpool. Okay, uh, the 106th is Glenn Johnson. Wow, <laughs> it's well, he, Jeff Strong, that, 105. I think I can I go think on. Full, fullbacks can stack up the numbers, can't they? They can. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to play there. No. Um, I would agree with Mike that it's it's Trent. It, it, I, uh, this, sadly, the reality for young footballers is is that it's not more than one of the current clutch who's going to make those, those two hundred mm. appearances. Obviously, Ben Woodburn would be next in line, and you know he's he's easily young enough to be able to say he could get those on the board. But I'd agree with Mike by by some distance. If you're betting on it, it's Trent. Um, okay. Um, none of, neither of you thought Ajaria. I'm intrigued. I, he came on and he played. Uh, sorry, um, I'm thinking of Shay or Joe. Ajaria played well. Yep, he did. He did. But I don't think he's got that. No, I don't think he's got 200 in him. I think that. I think the key thing is 200. Is that the longevity? You know, being a, a key figure at the club for multiple seasons. Yep. Okay. I'm I think if you talk about which ones will have Premier League careers mm. and make 200 Premier League appearances, yeah, yeah. lower the bar a little bit. Yes. Then I think. Then I think. Most of them, I, th- I think Ben Ben Woodburn should. I think Ajaria should, and I think Shea Ojo should. I can't, you can't guarantee, but I think they've all got a really good chance of it. Whether it's with Liverpool or not, well, the next twelve months is well, massive. That, that's me. what I'm asking. What I'm asking is what we've learned about them because the next twelve months is massive to a certain extent. But the manager himself, Mike, talks about you know that there's pressure in England beyond what he's used to for young players. The idea that they should be maturing around the age of of twenty three. I think that's. that's- that's, I think I, I agree with him. Um, I think that's right. I think that's right. So, you know, we can't go too far on these five, th- th- these games that we see, mm. possibly the Wolves game coming up, maybe another cup game after that. It, it, I don't think it quite feels, I don't think for any of them, 
it's felt quite as make or break as maybe it has done in the past when you're Darren Potter and you're getting thrown in. If you know what I mean, it doesn't feel like it's got a. Yeah. You, you've got a. You're going to have to really impress here. I think all of them, with the possible exception of Kevin Stewart, who I want to talk about in a minute, um, all of them are in a situation where they're able to probably already be thinking about next preseason, impressing the manager there, starting again. I don't think there's any of them for whom they, they feel as though there's a big cut off that's happened or will happen anytime well, soon. Other than other than. I think the age thing you're pointing out there is very interesting, and it goes both ways. Uh, we're going off down a massive rabbit hole here, so but I'm I'm okay with that if you are. I'm very much so. Okay, um, it is the Anfield so rap on brand. Yeah, excellent. So I think 23 is very is a, is a critical age for a footballer because I think some people still think that's young because I he- I hear it bandied about all the time about players who are in our first team who are 23 and they say he's still very young, but it's not really not for a footballer. These I think 23. I think you have to have established yourself by 23. Then you can either. How you you kind of know where you got what what your trajectory is going to be like as a footballer because your next three to four years are your best years mm. from twenty three and that you know you're not really going to get better from twenty eight onwards it's from twenty three onwards when you're really going to start it's like Suarez I think we got Suarez at twenty three yeah it was, you know depends it, what position I think I mean, the forward positions that's yeah, definitely true I, 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 I know okay it's an extreme example but that, that, you know it was obviously his his ability was there it was just raw. Right, so I, I don't think saying twenty three is is I don't think it is young. I think that's the point where you know or you don't know if someone's got it. Do you know who's bucked this recently? There's a, is a big, big, glaring example of I don't know. Maybe maybe it's often a question of patience and and preconception. Is Harry Kane because he spent he spends his career until twenty three not being on the edge. Of, of making it and then he and then he's thrown in and then he then he fulfills that prophecy that you're talking about the problem we've got with our view of youth football is we're tending to say if they don't look sensational mm. by 18 19 mm. that they just are not going to hit the right. heights I think that's I mean that Klopp's talked about that Kevin Stewart who we're going to come and talk about in a minute is an, is, is possibly an ex- example of, of of the prejudice against the 23 year old because what you're saying is true but what but the but the extrapolation from that is if at 22 they don't look like they're going to be the bomb then yeah but what, what, what I'm, all right so i'm not saying they have to be the bomb i'm saying that they can show they they can be raw but they can show something where you go man if we could just harness that you know it's it there's something special there i think if players aren't showing you something even in glimpses where you go my word there's something they're not just journeyman footballers by that yeah, stage they've sure. got something right so harry came for instance deadly finisher you know he's always been a, he's, he can finish you know what mm. i mean he's got it's innate in him um <laughs> Certain other players in our team, you talk about you talk about Stuart there, and maybe you know some people might you might break a Chan in that Chan's twenty three, right? But people still say he's very young. He's twenty three, you know. He's he's at that he's at that cusp kind of thing. You know what's his what's his what's the thing that he does which is you know unique to him and special, other than kind of like an all round sort of rounded player. I think with players that we've seen um, certainly against Plymouth and in both legs, they're, they're eighteen and nineteen. You've obviously got you know they've got they've got quite a few years there. They've got five years. He's been more than sixteen or seventeen. Or seventeen. Seventeen. So he's extremely young, and you know so. He, he did a lot of sideways and backwards passing the other night, but you know that he's a young kid, and you could say you know he's overawed by the occasion, and we've seen enough of him in training to know that that isn't him kind of thing. And it's a deep defence as yeah, well. But but that but but you can say that isn't him. Hmm. But as I reckon, but what I guess my point is, by the time they get to twenty three, you kind of know that is them. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. 
Yeah, very true. And that therefore becomes sort of what have we learned? And, and and I think it's important that at times, Rob, you you decide to do. I mean, I've written it down when I've written the agenda for this. You, you decide to do the definitive question: What have we learned? Hmm. So that's the end of the matter, and then we, we we all move on, and it's not. And let's be really clear about that: that what we're actually talking about is a process for these young men. That it's a process that they're going through of their own development. But what I'm going to ask the question really, and they, but make it more open ended. You know, what what have we learned, and what do we think we're going to go on to continue to learn about a couple of them in there? You've discussed Alexander Arnold. I want to discuss Ajaria with you. You know, I thought Ajaria was one of the had a better first game against Plymouth than he did second that it it looked like it was for whatever reason whether it was them bypassing midfield doing things a little di- differently it looked like it was just that bit that bit trickier for him to to rise above and that's uh, but let's be clear at the same time on the same football pitch it looked like it was difficult for whatever reason for Daniel Sturridge and Philip Coutinho to rise above yeah I Klopp made a point in his post-match press conference I think the media wanted him to say yeah another great night for the young lads and clearly it was a mixed bag night for the young lads but his point was I'm not going to give you a, a, an opinion on these mm. boys after every game the danger the danger with with us as fans and, and, and the media with young players is we put this lens on them every time it's almost like um, a parallel of, of, of the way it is for England players we so you see them so rarely in that show relatively speaking so you see uh, used to be worse you see a lad play three times for in season for England and every performance is microscopically analysed this was just another passing performance this was three games I know it was a slightly higher level than they're playing a season but we overanalyze. okay uh, to answer the question Ajaria. no no I, I think it's important it's important to put those caveats yeah it. no it's important mm. to contextualise and, 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 and I think we are as a nation obsessed with the next thing yeah, constantly. Yeah, big... and, 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 and Wenger's has got a lot, a lot of responsibility to bear here because when Arsenal always used to play like their youth team in the League Cup and they'd like smash everybody until they got to the quarterfinals, they were like, oh my God, this is what Arsenal have got coming through on the ranks. You know, yeah. you can remember this was quite a regular thing every season about five or six years ago. They put like a really young side out and they would they would like torch the earth with like the first, in the first few rounds and it was like, these are coming through, but they never did. No. They never did come through and that obsession is, is, is part of our culture. And what we do, you end up doing is not judging them as individuals, we judge them as this sort of body of work, don't we? Yeah. It's yeah. got nothing to do with how good mm. Liverpool's current general crop is mm. as, to, as to whether Ajari is going to make it or not, quite mm. frankly. Mm. It's about him as an individual, about mm. how good he is. Um, I I think he's really promising. He's, he's, he's one of those, if you've watched him regularly in the, in the under-18s and under-23s, where you, you're kind of mystified by him a bit. He flattered to deceive. You could. Yeah, he had a sort of laid-back gait that you thought is he the, is he a worker in the way we want? He seems to have a good skill set. But finally, but seeing him in pre-season and then seeing him in the handful of games we've seen now, now he's one of those I think is 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 continuing to surprise people. And, and I could see him making. Well, I think he will definitely play at a high level. Will he play for Liverpool? Well, that depends a lot on opportunity. But, but I think I think I don't, I don't know. But you get the suspicion that he's one of Klopp's on a, favourites. On opportunity, I'll stay with you on this, Rob. On opportunity, I think I think we're going to learn a lot in terms of opportunity in terms of what happens in the Wolves game. There's going to come to mm. the point where the Liverpool manager is surely going to be sick of replays. Uh, because yes. he, does not, he, he hasn't half managed to have a few of them since he's been uh, since he's been in charge at Liverpool. Replays an extra time he seems to be very, 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 very good at. Yeah. Um, there is some sort of... So I'm, I wonder if against the in, in the Wolves game you don't see what we can inverted commas call the cup team if instead you see something a bit different. That said, the Wolves game is immediately before the Chelsea game. Mm. So you're still expecting to see sort of six, seven, eight changes because he'll want his Liverpool players to to be as ready as possible for the Chelsea game yep. as core players and I think but what we're going to see from there is exactly who I well I'm saying this I might be wrong you might disagree you might say no he'll do the same again as he did against Plymouth what do you think he's going to do when you talk about opportunity Mike, Mike's eager go on Mike no no I, I just think I, 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 I think I think Wolves are a higher standard yeah they are. full stop so you know they're still not our standard but they are a higher standard and 
if I go back a little step, I think because of the, the state of the under twenty three game in this in this in our in our country is they, they don't play enough. They don't play enough, and they don't play. And, it, and it's and it's and I've heard. God, you know, I mentioned this to Rob before. Far be it from me to say give Neil Warnock any credit for anything, but he made a valid point about the lack of competitiveness in that league in terms of its physicality, when it and the difference between playing that game to then turning up and at the show and doing the big game, and and um, I think managers can kind of get trapped into in a bubble of looking at their own team in the twenty in the under twenty threes and saying they're really good, but then when they when they have to do it then. On a on a different platform where it is more necessarily more aggressive, more violent, more physical, bigger players they 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 they, they well, struggle. Players. They struggle. They 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 struggle. And so I don't think he can get away with playing anything like the team that he played against Plymouth against Wolves. He get, I think they get a hiding. You know, the, the cultural problem. I'm going to say the youth football. If we're going down rabbit holes and expanding for a minute, and the problem with the under twenty three system is, ask any under twenty three coach or manager. And in the outfield, right, we've interviewed Michael Beale a couple of times this season. Um, and they'll say, is it important to win the league, to win... And, and they all go, oh, no, no, no. It's not important to win the league. It's about development. Uh, and then they go, and in any, any case, um, you know, the players are taken off as they drop down levels, they move up levels, they're picked for the first team. So it's not about... We don't have the, the consistency of selection to, to win matches and for it to be about winning is the ultimate. And you nod along at that and you go, yeah, I get you on that. And then you think about it. And then you go, well, hang on, but when they play a team like Plymouth, who are even three leagues below the level they're meant to be at, those lads are about winning. They're about winning football matches come yep. hell or high water. That is the problem, the quintessential yep, problem with their development. So, who are we talking about? Ajaria. I, I think, I th- and what he'll do against Wolves. I think... Should um, we talk about Wolves after the break? Got to go for a break. <laughs> sure, okay. go for the a break. Rap Radio City Talk. Going to go for a break. Wasn't that good. That's Heroes by David Bowie. Uh, back to Mike and Robin. The conversation you were having just before we hit the break there, Rob, you, you shifted on to Ajaria and the Ajaria conversation. And, uh, but, in, but in the context of all of this sort of thing, which you know throws open that Wolves game, that Wolves game since before Chelsea, and I'm having this conversation after the Plymouth replay, where you would think there's a chance you could put these lads on the pitch if you did the same thing against Wolves and as Mike says they could be blown out the water and that could you know that could not confidence uh, that could that could not confidence the football club not confidence in general on the development process not confidence of the players as individuals not com- not the confidence of the coaches but simultaneously Liverpool kick off at 12.30 against Wolves and then they kick off at uh, 7.45 or 8pm on the Tuesday night against Chelsea and this is where we come back to saying well We've chosen this squad. The manager's had, you know what I mean. He's had this view. He's he's wanted to. He wants to have the ability for young players to be able to come through and rise and all this sort of stuff. And that's fine because there's different ways to run football clubs. But this is now becomes a bit of a pressure moment. It's going to become a bit of a pressure moment for these players, for himself in that selection, the Chelsea game, all in. I th- yeah, the, man, the manager was at pains to say I don't know which press conference it was. I think uh, the one before last that because they were pushing him on oh, your, your your youth project you're picking them to give them this experience etc etc no, he went no I'm not I'm picking the best team I can pick given the context of the fixtures mm. now and I think that's exactly the way he will approach this he, he's got Southampton which is a League Cup semi-final one step from Wembley so you know what, what what's at stake there and then Chelsea set, six days after that the Wolves game is one where he has to rotate he simply has to it's not about how he views kids development or he views the next round of the cup his priorities are in order Chelsea and the Southampton and the cup, cup comes to the bottom of that so I think it's going to be an interesting challenge in a way I think it might help us Plymouth we were on a hiding to nothing with it with the even with the young players because their fourth division we're at home even the young players are expected to thrash Plymouth Wolves a championship side coming to Anfield I think if we're picking a second 11 full second 11 
11, which is what I expect that day. I think the bookies are going to make the odds pretty tight. And I think Klopp's going to go, you're not exactly underdogs in your own pitch here, boys, but you're going to have to fight. Mm-hmm. And, and I think... Th- being asked to fight will help those lads. I think it'll help focus them. It won't be like you have to dominate, swag, have a performance. Like win for Liverpool. That's all you have to do. I think he'll be more strategic with it, with the players that he, he he brings in from the youth or the fringe. I don't think he can afford to go across the middle of his midfield in the same way that he did with Plymouth with youth players. I, think, I just think there's too much. I think there's there, there's too too much physicality. There. I think where he can take his wrists are out wide because by the nature of those positions, mistakes they make are less likely to hurt you than lose them getting getting the turnover of the ball in the middle of the park, which is likely to happen with those young players against a physical, stronger Championship side. So I think he'll stay quite strong through the middle, and he'll make and he'll do his he'll he'll, he'll use his squad or his youth round up up the sides of the pitch. But okay, it, it, as a principle, if you'd ask him that question a month or so ago, I think he'd say yes. I, I want to do what Mike's doing. But I think in the heat of what he's got to do, I think his options are limited. The one player I think he probably can bring in to strengthen the middle because of the way the fixtures fall and who he would prefer is Emery Chan. So I would I put money on it. If Assuming Emery Chan doesn't get the nod in midweek against Southampton and isn't... Uh, or maybe even if he does, but doesn't get the nod against Swansea. Yeah, but, or, and isn't slated for the, being the first 11 against Chelsea. It's Chan, Ajari and Stewart. He's not going to throw in a Hendon, Henderson or a Wijnaldum as well. He's not going to no. he's not going to play two of those three. Uh, so I think I think he'll try and go as strong as he can, but w- while still being able to make ten changes for Chelsea. Mm. On that, you mentioned ten. you mentioned Stuart there. Yeah. Ten, ten will be. Uh, there's have always to, one. There's, I mean, <laughs> uh, but on this, there's, there's, there's the, the, the the going into the market thing as well, which has been you know he's been moved to the links with another. I'll go back to you again. There's Rob uh, with a, with the right winger today. Nineteen uh, year old from Belgium from Genk has been yeah. moved to today. I noticed, and the winger the winger links don't stop. Uh, they're relentless. I know, but no, oh Joe, I, I can't work out if they're relentless because there's a press thing where Liverpool have got a weakness. They look like they could do with another winger. We'll keep talking about that. Or if there's a there's an element of Liverpool are very much looking for a winger uh, and all that sort of stuff. But no, Ojo against Plymouth therefore felt a bit like a thing. You would have thought Ojo will get time on the pitch against Plymouth, and yet he, he he only got on from the bench. I expected him to start, and you wonder whether or not there's. If we are talking about lads who may well just be getting parked for the rest of the season, if Ojo might be one who ends up put sort of because of the injuries he's had, it, it, it disappears for him. I think Ojo's a bit unlucky because I think Klopp makes the decision that uh, Origi and Sturridge needs to be played into form, and they could have done with goals, and it didn't really work out. But so I think that he's unlucky in that sense. And Ben Woodburn is, a, is 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 the head of the queue because there's a feeling at the academy that he is something special, and that there may be this sort of quickening that goes on the season and he may force himself into real first 11 reckoning again it didn't look like it so much on a on Wednesday night so I think Ojo's unlucky and the manager brings Ojo on for Sturridge I think and he gets a good 25 26 he minutes outstanding. yeah and he was outstanding and Klopp was at pains to say he wasn't watch the Klopp's reaction when they come off the pitch he goes almost straight to Ojo I wouldn't there's part of me that thinks he could gamble on Ojo even tomorrow if he because if he, he, well, okay we're going to come on to talk about Swansea but if there's yeah, a yeah. wild selection and he thinks I didn't like either of Origi and Sturridge there, and they don't look particularly sharp. I think he goes, do you know what? Sod it, Ojo. It's, it's, it's out wide. Oh, it's definitely out wide that, that, that he's going to do that. And I think Ojo is a candidate. I think he came on and he showed exactly what we were missing in the entire game. Mm. I mean, you could you can counter that and say, well, they were getting tired towards the end of the game. But he ran at them. He was direct. We were so not direct in that game. It was it was irritating to watch. Um, yeah, he came on and he just stretched them. He, and he ran at them and he played like a winger. And in the absence of Mane... Would you, so, would, you, would you be tempted tomorrow? Tomorrow. I, so you, you, you pick, you're picking your first choice 10, and I, then you say, you know what, I'm going to go with Ojo. Do you know what? There's not that much. Uh, right now, there's not that much difference between Wolves and Swansea. 
in, in terms of That's where they are, shout. there's not that much difference. In fact, you could argue Wolves might be a better outfit than Swansea right now. So, you know, you could, yeah. So why not? If you wanted to do it, you know, I don't think it's that crazy to do it with a with a with a wide player. I don't think it's that crazy. It's different if it's in the middle. But out there, he showed enough in 20 minutes of the night to say that he's got over his his injury problems. He's fast. He's direct. And in the absence of Mane, yeah, why not? I think it's one of those 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 gambles you can see a manager making and then correcting by half time because mm-hmm. yeah, it, it just could not be his day. Let's forget not forget Ojo comes in and starts in Premier League games against what well, opposition. This is what I'm driving at. Does last, okay. last season this happens. Mm-hmm. He gets he, he got five or six starts last season. Yeah, we forget he's he's a, for a very very young lad. He's actually got a bit of experience behind him, and it's only because of this really quite lengthy injury he's had where he feels like he's 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 starting again in a way. But he, he has it in him, and I I don't know if you ask me to put money on it. Tomorrow, I think Sturridge is going to get in the nod. I think that's why he's the first to get substituted. I don't think it's a, a commentary on his performance. I think it was for that reason. Um, but I don't think Sturridge is going to last the 90, and I think Ojo will feature at some stage. Um, other one I wanted to mention was Stewart. Uh, quickly, before we uh, get into the break, um, Mike Stewart's uh, into the news. In fact, Stewart's not uh, not covered himself in glory there against Plymouth across the two games, I don't think. I think it's it. Uh, he's gone from a player who looks as though he could be a useful squad player to Liverpool to maybe things have looked a little a bridge too far. That's been said about him before. He's obviously mm. got great character. He's obviously a very, very focused, determined young man. Yeah. He's an impressive young man from the way in which the manager speaks about him. Mm. But there's bits and pieces of his play where you're just thinking he just needs to show a little bit more quality. Well, it's, it's, you're clicking your fingers there, and I think that's because he's he's ponderous. He's chewing he's, the ball all the time. He's yeah. ponderous. He's, take, he's, too, he's slow on the ball. Takes too long to do stuff. He's not playing with his head up. He's playing sideways and backwards. He wasn't a great example for the young players around him, quite frankly. And I, I do wonder whether Stuart. I mean, he's at that. He's that age as well that I talked about he's earlier. Cusp, he's yeah. on the wrong side of that age now. He's not a young player anymore. He's twenty-four. Um, is, is that with someone like Stuart? Is he has a good game in him? But is the, the, are they are they often enough? Is it just you know? It's just physically not. He's just not in his body to be able to do that and have that because he, he has he played well. He's played well for us against Spurs. I think you remember him playing pretty well. Um, he, he, he just maybe he just doesn't. He lacks consistency and is and is when he's not on form, it drops. It's just too much. It's just too great for this level. I well. I, I... He is very well thought of at the club. Again, those Michael Beale interviews, they said he's, he's a bit of a beacon of, of attitude and professionalism and how you go about it. I can't, I can't disagree with the comments. I mean, he, he's, he's got limitations as play. Was he was originally a centre back, so and, and you, you can sometimes see that in his, in his play. There were times, uh, I mean, pre-season, it's pre-season against Barcelona. He's fan, has a, a great second half. He's really, his pressing is, is fantastic. I can I can see this two ways with with Stewart. I can see that you go, yeah, maybe he's not here next season. He, he's he's had a, he's had a nice run. It's been it's been it's been good to see a player of that age push on, and maybe he gets a move to uh, to one of the new promoter clubs next season. Or you could say, you know what, Lucas Leiva wasn't much better at this age, and then people people rushed out. Oh, of course he was. No, he wasn't. This was around the sort of age where Lucas was getting booed coming off pitches at Anfield. He was re- and this is the age where Lucas was. It was said he can't ever get the ball forward. He just passed it sideways five yards, and there had to be build up this cult momentum to defend him. I, you know what? I wonder if Stuart, I'm going to say this, and it's a bit of a cliche defence. I wonder if Stuart w- w- was a Brazilian lad or, or a Latin lad. Whether we wouldn't have, I don't know, because we because we sort of imbue more mystery and more potential I think in, in players from abroad than we, we can good honest Joes from this country and I'm not getting a bit Brexit My about God, all this he's got very Brexit uh, indeed uh, please, don't, this don't, is the Anfield I, I've got to be able to defend a young, a young <laughs> let's get into the, you've got to be able to <coughs> defend I'll find whatever I can let's get into the news uh, this is the Anfield back in a minute or two 
and over to Gito Clewellen, who's hopefully going to say, hopefully, because I think Swansea had a good club, uh, hopefully in one sense going to say that Paul Clemens looks like he might get them sorted out. In another sense, I hope it's a, it's a complete bag of rags, Gito, and uh, you turn up to Anfield half-cooked. I mean, it's probably going to be halfway between those two points, isn't it? But, but Clemens in now, his feet are under the table, it's time to start getting results, but last week doesn't bode well, however good Arsenal are. No, uh, I think last week more than anything shows the the task that he's got ahead of him. Really, um, it, it it really summed up the the lack of quality in the squad because in the first half um, we actually kept our shape better than we have probably in any game this season and passed the ball around pretty well too. Um, created the odd chance, but um, you know that that did also. Um, coincide with Arsenal being absolutely awful in that first half. They, they were shapeless, and then second half when they actually did turn up and and, and play somewhere near their best, uh, you know they they tore us to pieces. They really did. And um, uh, although there was there was an element of of luck to three of their four goals, certainly, um, and, and maybe the four 0 was a little bit harsh on, on Swansea. It, it still showed really the challenges that we. Well, the Paul Clement specific, uh, specifically faces this season. Two new players have come in uh, this week. Uh, Tom Carroll from Spurs and Martin Olsen, both around £4 million spent on them. Olsen looked, looked decent to me, uh, playing for Norwich when I saw him at times last season. It's In many senses, it's, uh, new blood in and of itself feels like it's it's a bonus at this point in that these lads now have had a, they've had a, 2017, a 2016 sorry, and, and moving into 2017 where they've all looked at each other and they've lost too many games. And I think that can happen to some, some football teams mm-hmm. sometimes. Being able to look around and not think is this lad to me right, he's let me down before, and instead think, let's see what this boy can do. Can It can help a football team. I mean, I mean it just, however good those players are, they they can give it, they can give everyone a bit of a lift. I know Jack Cork's spoken about that as well. Yeah, yeah, that, it, that, that's very important. We need to freshen up the squad, um, because, because obviously confidence is um, extremely low at the moment around the club, so hopefully bringing in players um, you know, can give everybody a little bit of a boost, can give us something different. But Olsen is certainly somebody who um, improves the squad um, on paper, at least. I mean, he's, he's better than uh, Neil Taylor and Stephen Kingsley, who are our current um, left-backs. Um, he'll certainly offer us a little bit more going forward than, than both of those players. Uh, in terms of Tom Carroll, Tom Carroll's, a, 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 you know, he, he's not a bad signing. I think he'll, he'll be good in the long run. He's been here on loan before and did reasonably well. Um, I don't think he's going to massively transform our midfield. He's very similar to what we've got in many ways. But, um, you know, he, he's still young. He's, he's, he's quite promising. And, and he's the kind of player, if we do fall into the championship, um, he, he can. he's the kind of player that you'd expect to... Um, to, to do pretty well at that level. It's and that's often the, the 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 quandary around the way in which players get signed in this window. It's interesting that you're speaking of Olsen there, and I'm getting the impression he's going to play left back on Saturday morning. Mm. Carroll, I'm getting the impression he's probably going to start from the bench. But the, when when you where you are at the minute, which is the bottom of the table, firstly players, you know, it's 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 a tough sell, isn't it, to say come and play for a side of a bottom. Uh, on the first on the first side, but and, and but then the second part of that as well is that in the back of Swansea minds is the idea of well, who can do as a job next next season as well, and that's and not knowing where that next season is. I mean, if you were sitting twelfth, you you can buy lads in January for next season, thinking well, we're almost certainly going to be playing Premier League football, and that's mm. it, it does sort of shift the priorities a bit. But what you can't start doing is is actively planning for the worst because then you'll bring it about. It's such a difficult balance, but the football club can't be irresponsible at the same time. Yeah, it, it is a tough one. I mean, like you said, it it. it, it a club in our position could 
very easily panic and and just flash the cash like other teams have done in the past. QPR is the one that the springs to mind, really. You know, um, but I think it is more responsible to just uh, think a bit longer term and, and and look at who is available for a reasonable price within our price range, who improves the squad now, um, but can also you know I, well either go down and 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 do a good job in the championship or. Who knows? You know, prove so good in the second half of the season that even if we do go down, we can get some money back. Uh, you know, get get some good money back for them. Um, but but it is tough to attract players in our position. We've seen um, with Carl um, Jenkinson from from Arsenal now pulling out of a move to Crystal Palace. Uh, it it seems to be so that that you know, again, it's it's difficult to attract players when you are struggling and there is no certainty about where you're going to be playing next season. It's um, so you know we do face big struggles in that respect um, because I you know let's face it I'm a Swansea supporter and I, <laughs> I I I wouldn't be advising any players to join the Swans at this moment in time so the um, the people actually trying to seal these deals have got a difficult job on their hands. Um, the next part of that then becomes sort of the players who are who are there now who who, who have been letting the side down to some degree. I mean, I'm not saying for a second that people aren't trying, but it becomes you know looking at the, the lads who've been representing Swansea in a week in week out sort of sense and wondering if there's going to be any any bold changes around you know around, around that. I mean, is is Clements? I know that Bradley was 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 almost you know seemingly picking the side by lot uh, for a period of time there. But has Clement made any? Um, made any noises about about significant changes in terms of who he's going to expect to do what, or is he still working his squad out? Yeah, I think he's still working things out. I mean, we, we, he's, he's had really two games in charge, one of which was a, um, an, uh, an FA Cup match he, he made significant changes for. So, um, I, I mean, in the Arsenal game, there, there weren't, you know, huge changes to, to the side, really. Yeah, it was um, the, the biggest one was probably the fact that Leon Britton wasn't in the um, in the matchday squad. But that that has happened before. He is 34 now and yeah. um, can't play 90 minutes every single week, despite the fact that he's still probably the best football we've got in our midfield. Um, it's it's just the time has caught caught up with him now. So it's it's not entirely shocking that he's being left out of um, the matchday squad. Um, and it, it also has to be pointed out that um, Clement was limited in terms of his uh, options against Arsenal because of injuries in, in a few positions. Um, I don't think he would have wanted to play Nathan Dyer and Wayne Rockbridge on the wings, but um, our other three wingers were, were all out injured, so he was stuck with that, really. So it's a bit early to find out yet, uh, yet what kind of uh, personnel changes Clement's um, going to be working on. But judging by the first half against Arsenal, he is already trying to make us just a little bit more conservative and a little bit more compact um, when with and without the ball, um, which isn't isn't a bad thing considering the way we've been conceding goals this season. So, uh, therefore, with an eye on the game at Anfield, then I mean it's. It, Expecting, um, expecting that 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 um, Olsen comes in and plays left back. Are you expecting it to be a very very similar side? I mean, I noticed in the in the Arsenal game he bring, brought Leroy Fair on pretty early. He got Baston on and gave him twenty minutes and had a little look at him. And that it, it must be the frustration, really, the money that's been spent on him in the summer there. Uh, how to get him out of it? Um, again, a lot of it comes down to Sigurdsson and how he's how he's going to try and get the best out of him. But are, are you almost pretty much expecting him to go four two three one, be compact, get the bits, and not make and not rock the boat in any meaningful way? Yeah, I think I think he'll go for a similar approach to the one against Arsenal, which was, like I said, four two three one, and 
and try to just keep things tight um, for as long as possible. Whether we've got the players to, to do that successfully, well, I, I think, if I'm honest, we've, we've proved already this season that we just can't, no matter, no matter how hard we try, we just can't keep um, decent sides uh, out for, for long enough. Um, so he'll, he'll, he'll go for it again, I'm sure, because it, it's a more sensible move than trying to go gung-ho when you go to somewhere like Anfield. Um, but, but yeah, that, that's what that's what I'd expect him to go for and then try and... Um, you know, the one thing I will say against Arsenal in that first half, we did look a little bit more creative um, when we did have the ball. Um, it wasn't as though we were just playing for free kicks and corners the way we were under Bob Bradley. There did seem to be a little bit more focus on um, generating a, a decent build-up and trying to catch out Arsenal on the break. Um, there was better high pressing, um, but it was the quality really that let us down then from, from that point on. Is there a concentration issue? Because this is the other thing that occurred to me as well, seeing Williams playing at Everton and looking at the the, the Swansea back four in terms of a concentration slash organisational issue. Because you know, there's there's there doesn't look as though there's a there's a, there's a quintessential bottom ten of the Premier League dominant centre half there. The fellow who you know is running that defence first and no. foremost, and then looking at the looking at the way goals have been conceded. And just to put it in context for Liverpool supporters listening, they may not be aware that you know Swansea conceded they conceded four at home to Arsenal, three at home to Bournemouth, four at home to West Ham, three away at Borough, three away at West Brom, uh, five away at Spurs, four at home to Palace in a game that you went on and won, and three at home to Manchester United. And this is all since the start of November, and that's a lot of goals to ship. We're twenty one games in, and it's forty. I think it's forty nine goals, and you know that's it's. Is that the problem? Is there's just no one there saying, lads, this is how we get through the next five minutes. Lads, this is how we. This is what I need. I need from you now, lads. Come in here. Let's just do this. This is how you organise from set pieces. Is just this? Is that just completely disappeared? The statistics are, are crazy, aren't they? They are absolutely insane. When you when you really look at how many games this season we've played, where we've conceded three or more goals. I think under Bob Bradley, it was eight out of his eleven games in charge. We conceded three or more goals, and a couple of those are fours and fives. You know, so it, it, it that tells you everything you need to know. We've got no chance of winning um, as long as we can't keep clean sheets. And, and yeah, the, the the personnel just isn't there. I mean, Ashley Williams um, was aging, uh, you know, starting to show the signs of age. But um, one thing which which never changed was his just ability to lead the team and organise the team, and. We miss that more than absolutely anything else this season. It's just that organiser, that leader in any area of the pitch, in particular um, at the back. Um, the defenders who've tried to take his place, they're just not good enough in any way. And you spoke there about concentration, and that's one of the big problems we've got, I think, is that this this team at the moment really struggles to keep focus Um any length of time and what tends to happen is that as soon as uh, the opposition exerts any kind of pressure um, on that on that Swansea back four they tend to crumble and they lose focus they start making mistakes, they start getting dragged out of position, um, they freeze they, they do absolutely everything wrong from that point on and it's not just sort of from the point where they concede a goal, it's it's from the first attack they face they, are, they look absolutely fine until <laughs> until the opposition just put together a few passes and get and get a shot away. That's at that point you can guarantee that things beget, uh, begin to, um, to unravel and um, they they get that they get frazzled and and just lose their minds entirely. Um, so if 
you know, ideally in this window, if we're looking for anything, we should be looking for that authoritative centre-back who can organise a side and, 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 you know, just lead by example. But unfortunately, that kind of player is very difficult to find. And, and that's particularly the case in January when, you know, if you have that kind of player, you're not looking to yeah. to sell him at any at any price. Yeah, you, you, the last thing you want, if you've got a strong defensive organiser, the last thing you actually do in January is let him go. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it is that sort of thing. Do you want to give me a prediction for the game? Um, I'll go for 3-0 Liverpool. Um, I, I, you know, it's, um, I know Liverpool have started, maybe have not been playing with the same energy of late as, as they were earlier on the season, but um, they should still, you know, absolutely test Swansea to pieces. Um so, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I, I can't see anything other than a very comfortable win this weekend. Okay, thank you very much, Gito. Let's go back and find out what everyone else thinks. Everywhere by Fleetwood Mac, uh, speaking of which, Rob Cutman, um, there is... Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just a joke, it's just a joke. It's not even a good joke, it's just one <laughs> minute. Uh, <laughs> there, is, uh, there is a lot to be said for, for, for Gito, for a man coming on this show and saying that he's going to get beat 3-0. Um, you could so, probably do without you know, the idea that they put a strong defence in new manager. Uh, he's had more time to work with them, he's had them all week. Everyone thought they might be stronger against Arsenal, but you're looking at the record of them this season. The number of times they've shipped threes, fours and fives home and away, you've got to be thinking that Liverpool can, can find ways to put them to the sword. Klopp said in the press conference, and I know managers do this and throw throw sugar at the opposition to soften them, but he, but he was quite emphatic that they've had a radical turnaround in their level of performance, he stressed. Mm. He said, when we scout, we don't just look at results, we look at performance. Now, notwithstanding taking off a certain percentage for just manager, um, as I said, hyperbole and, and throwing sugar at it, he did think they're slightly better than uh, than the results suggest. Mm. Having said that, I don't care if they're 200% better than the results suggest. We have to be able to put them to the sword. We have not, to beat them. Not yeah. even if we're just in title contention, any kind of top top of the table contention, we have to win a game like mm. that. By the way, can I just uh, put out some team news that was in the, in the press conference? Mm. About By H- all means. H- Henderson and Klein were the way the manager was speaking were, were 50-50, the pair of them. Both are only coming back into training today and both in contention, but far from, from, from uh, eligible mm. start. You, so your Kev Stewart's uh, dream scenario may, may happen, Neil. Well, may, may be, uh, I think he'd, he'd, he'd do Chan Van Alden. He doesn't, he doesn't need him in this game, no, I don't doesn't. think. He, he, do cha- he does Chan Van Alden and, and Lallana, I suspect, uh, is what he'd do. I think it's a really good opportunity for Alexander-Arnold, that said, if to get Swansea at home, to get his third game in the week, third game on yes. the bounce, I think it'd be significant for him. And he can possibly therefore also have one eye on Southampton as well you'd think so the idea of getting four consecutive games and then you'd expect them to play against Wolves now as an idea that, that as a young footballer Mike you get those games on the bounce mm. I wouldn't have any issues tomorrow if, if, if Alexander-Arnold starts no. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be concerned about it I'd actually be thinking let's see what his delivery is like around the better players around the good players if he links up with them yeah yeah I agree I mean I <laughs> I think if if he's got to take a risk on one of those, then yeah, he, you know, Klein doesn't play, and he and he gets and he gets has another few days to get ready for the next game. I think even though Swansea are in the state they're in, we are markedly different with with with, with Henderson. You know, it might be a case there that we 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 take players off after sixty if we're doing very well, you know, and give them give them a, a shorter run out. Um, I just I, the teams that have come to Anfield of late who've defended we've, we our, our problem is scoring ironically compared to where we were at the start of the season we're not scoring as freely as we were before you know we saw it against um, uh, what was it when we came to Anfield it was Sunderland we, you know it took us a long time to, 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 to get our goals 
Um, we're not we're not free flowing at the moment at all. So you know that's the only caveat I put to this. No, yes, no doubt we should be taking some, um, Swansea to the cleaners, um, but we aren't scoring as well as we as, as well as we were. I would like to see Firmino back in the middle now. Coutinho's back. Coutinho on the wide. Firmino in the middle makes a big difference. And to who, do I, who do you want in the other one? If I had to, if, 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 if it was just you, not watching the manager does what? What would you do, Mike Gerling, if it what, was you? What would I like to do? I'd yeah. play Lallana there and I'd put Lucas in the middle. Is that what you'd do against Swansea? Yeah. Yeah, just so just to free it up a little bit. I mean, you could say yes, but we don't need Lucas against Swansea. But you don't. But maybe you don't play Chan in this game. You play Lucas and Wijnaldum, a and other. Yeah, you throw Henderson in there. Yeah, but then you go uh, Lallana. Well, I, I just I want I want us to get back to that when we were scoring for fun. It was it was the front three with Firmino in the middle, and I think we his his movement is the reason why we start lack it in the front is the middle is why we stopped scoring. I think if you had two Lalanas, I would play one of them up front. And we've got Mane out. I'd play one of the Lalanas in the front three and have another one in midfield. What I think, that the secret for us scoring goals, and this goes back to 13-14 under Brendan Rodgers even, we became a free-scoring mach- machine when effectively Brendan was playing 4-2-4. However one you want to dress it up, hmm. there were two centre-mids and four attacking players. I'm counting Coutinho along with Sterling, Suarez and uh, Sturridge back then. I think when we, the reason we scored... Sh- Lots of goals. Uh, Mane, uh, Firmino. Who's the other Coutinho guy? and Lallana. Coutinho and Lallana. That, that four, that quartet is why we score lots of goals. The reason I fear if you go down the approach Mike's saying is, I get it, you have a certain... And maybe away from home, I think they get more tempted with it. You have that solidity. But you don't have as many players who naturally can get in the box. And when mm. they do get in there, have a change, you can have yeah. a change of feet and can finish. So for me, you have to have... You probably have to keep Lallana in the three in midfield. And then it really is a straight choice between Origi, Sturridge and Ojo. I think those are the three. And I think Sturridge probably gets not. What would I do? I don't. No, I'd have sleepless nights on this exactly. one. Exactly, and, and, and I, I agree with you, and you're absolutely right. But Origi, his form is stinks at the moment. Yeah, he's you know? last choice. He, isn't he, he, you know, whereas whereas a couple of months ago, you'd have him first. You'd have him right right back in there. You know, very good, runs the channels well, strong. He just seems to have forgotten what his he's lost his mojo completely. Storage. Uh, for, uh, for different reasons, looks like he's lost his mojo. So, it, you know, yeah, normally you go back. Of course, that's what that's mm. what I do. But I just there's no point playing players who, who aren't playing well you know no, no. it's like it's uh, to play players into form in a Premier League game is is not the right thing to it do it doesn't feel like it would take much to get storage into form that's that, that I I, I, I dare we, on the we side feel of like storage. we've been saying that for a while though. I, I dare on the side of storage with the with everybody else around him so everyone else is playing so Lallana's playing Henderson's playing I think you, I think one of the keys to storage is have Henderson on the pitch yes, because it was something ball. that Gerard was saying the other, when Gerard yeah. was talking at the, uh, the Plymouth game doing the, doing the summarise and he was saying storage's movement's been great and he was saying it as someone said to me on one of our shows in the manner of Steven Gerrard looking at that going if I'm playing centre mid I'm just hitting him all day I think so he, I think I, if you can get Henderson I think he's also him. I think he's also sending a message to Daniel Sturridge as well I think you know I think he's being quite deliberate about what you're saying there that you know I know we know you know keep your head up type of thing we did an Anfield rap unwrapped show yesterday and uh, I'd watched it back and I actually if you the Sturridge actually about four or five times I think mainly in the first half ends up with his head on his hands because he's made that run to the edge of the six yard box and just at the last moment it's deflected out of his path I mean the most the most telling one was when Coutinho hits Alexander-Arnold on the back post brilliant half volley back across the ball just nicks a defender and it falls behind Sturridge so Sturridge's performance wasn't actually as bad as I think it, it the, the sort of the consensus was after the game I think what might affect Klopp's overall uh, shape and, and the pick, uh, 
contact content of his team is having one eye on Southampton. Now, I know normally you go, well, this is the game in front of us, it's the Premier League, but he's got a chance to go, you know what? Does Daniel need back-to-back games? I could just start him against Southampton. Let's throw Ojo in. Same with Jordan Henderson and Klein. He goes, I'd like that. You know, I'd like to. Should I gamble on starting? I would. Them? I would. I would ensure Henderson's on that pitch tomorrow. Yes, yes. I'm tomorrow. sure he's on the yes. bench as opposed to Southampton. Yes. Because the league's more important, and I th- but I think semi-final. But if there's the a doubt on his injury, and you can put him on the bench, I, I, look, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm saying that's oh, a decision the manager has to make. Mm. I'm not sure which. I, it's, it's, it's quite a big. It's quite a big gap between. Because it's an early kickoff. Yeah, Saturday, no, it is, it is a reasonable and Wednesday gap. evening, it's decent, you know. It is a reasonable gap, and I'd be and I'd be more than happy to rest people for Wolves. But I just think that for a variety of reasons at the moment, I think we look we just look a better outfit with Henderson on the pitch. And it's not. I don't think it's just the it's just the nature of the football that he's playing. I think that and this is you know for ages we've been talking about leaders and Henderson stepping up and all this sort of stuff. Well, that's a bit of a double edged sword sometimes because I just think this Liverpool side now is in a position where it just looks better if Jordan Henderson plays, and that is he moves the ball quicker now. He moves the ball quicker. He's probably the, he's the he's the he's the only one of that midfield three who who he plays a first time pass. He's the only one who does that, um, and that's that is key to us in the way we play. And when he's not there, we struggle massively. I agree, but he's only just coming to training today, so it's a risk to play him. Well, but, but it also shows that it was a risk to play him against United, and it was one we took. Probably, and I understand yeah. United away, but it sounds as though if he's only just got back in today, it sounds as though there were circumstances where he was forced through to play against United, which also puts his performance in even greater context in terms of how well he's done. Uh, give me a prediction: Liverpool versus Swansea, Mister Rob Cutman. Do you know what? I think it's 2-1 to us. And I think it's a miserable afternoon that we just end up happy with it in the end. Just. Uh, Mike, <laughs> can, can I just say Liverpool win? If you want to just say Liverpool I win. I just want to say Liverpool win. That's all that you want to say. That's all I want to That's say. That's all that Mike Gilling wants to say is yeah. Liverpool win. Uh, doesn't want to find himself carried away. It's an intriguing situation the manager's in. Uh, these gentlemen here think that Ojo's got a good chance of starting against Swansea. I'm intrigued by that. I wouldn't mind seeing how that goes. Uh, but then Liverpool have got Southampton not long after. Uh, we'll know more, obviously, when the team sheet goes in. It's half past 11 tomorrow morning. Remember it is a half 12 kickoff when Liverpool play against Swansea at Anfield hopefully hopefully it's a game where Liverpool are able to put a statement of intent out but all that will matter in the long scheme of things will be the three points that's the Anfield wrap Sports Social Podcast Network